conversation flowed. Plus, I was feeling like I was funny. <laughs> you were funny. I thought we were having a great time. I was in a mood. <laughs> we just no. We just did this fantastic podcast yesterday, and it went. And it went. I was. And so it, it was. It was a good day for it. And the, I was and in the, the mood to be recorded. That's, oh, great. Oh, wow. I was in the mood to be recorded. I was saying something worth hearing. Anyway, my point being is that we, we did a podcast yesterday. It lasted a hundred, uh, what, an hour and 17 minutes? Yeah. And I went to, I went to edit it and something, something happened. The computer shut out. So, all righty. Hello everyone, this is Jamie Buckley with Life of Fiction, and this is episode 7. Okay, so we're here. We do, we have to start somewhere. So we, hello everyone, we're, we are outside. My family and I, I came to join my family. They came to a beautiful park. All the public children are in school, which is not something we are afflicted with. And yes, you're going to hear background noises. Can't do anything about it. I'm in the middle of the city. Uh, but in this lovely park with my children, and I brought up a... <laughs> are you laughing or just coughing? I'm coughing. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I came with a question that I wanted to ask one of my daughters, who is not who's part of this interview. <laughs> I wanted to ask, I wanted to ask about the books that she was reading and Asia throws her arms up. I have what did you say? I had something to say. I have something to say. So we're gonna switch and your little <laughs> sister does not have to be a part of a podcast. Well she can She's my sidekick. sidekick. So she'll she'll okay. have her input and I'll be I will be her voice. But but I had things I had things to say on this topic. So the so, so the question so you agree with your sister with most yeah. of what she says? Yeah. Okay, so the, the, the question here today that I wanted to ask you was, what are your favorite books and why? And I noticed that you've been reading, how long have you been reading those, what are they, like the Disney villain books? Yeah. Is that what they're called? Is that the series? Yeah. Do you know? Yeah? If you My wife is giving you a thumbs up because she does not want to be recorded. And that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so there are the Disney villain books. Okay, they're an unusual shape. Yeah, like that. It looks like a perfect little square, and I think they're fascinating. Not a square, okay, well, and Nearly, that one, it doesn't look like a standard size for a it book. It's a little bit not of a, look it, like it, a standard it's size. slightly quirky dimensions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like those covers too. I know. I like how they. It's show the jacket. Another side of the villain on the inside of the book. Yeah. So we've got what? Which one is that? That's the. Ooh, this is Mistress of All Evil. Mistress of I All Evil. Sleeping Beauty. It's Sleeping Beauty, Sleeping Carly. Beauty. Maleficent. Yeah, and I love those movies. So the book is Maleficent. Don't know your so the. Dude. So the book jacket <laughs> has her as a humanoid, and then you take that off. Well, what else do you call her? She's not human. Is. is she what a fae? Is. What is it's she? It's a picture of half of her face. Okay, yeah, but humanoid, I mean... That was accurate, the, Dad. Okay, thank you. And then you take off the cover, <laughs> I was worried. she is a dragon. And you take off the cover, and the actual uh, picture on the actual binding the book is the dragon breathing green flame. And I it's love very collecting cool. editions that are beautiful that way. Like, I will actually go yeah. out of my way to find beautiful editions like that. 
That's just because it pleases me. I like having those books on my shelf. It's so well done, though. I agree. I totally agree. Yeah, so that's a lot of fun. Still my favorite. When Cecily gave me most of the set, she got me all of them this way. Okay. Well, the, the books that I like the most when it comes to the covers and all that is still the, the spider wick that I bought when Cecily got me to buy that set. And she says, that's how you write, Dad. No, I don't. We're like, yes, you do. You need to write the books. Take them from comic books and make them into novels. No, nah, I don't That's think you write that way, but the illustration... <laughs> Where were you when we were having that argument? I was arguing I with her and Mom. I don't know. Okay. Um, but, but those books are beautiful, and I love the illustrations, and I could totally see you doing that kind of formatting. I don't think the writing style is... Rick? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't think this... The write, were you guys talking about the writing style? Yeah, that's weird. And that's I don't think they're anything alike that author and, and your writing. But I could see you doing that that I, formatting I, and then doing little sketches in there. That is one of the most beautifully That's what I remember. Books. Both of you encouraged me and saying that I did, and I was telling you no, I didn't. And okay, so all it takes is another 18 years, and then everyone agrees with me, and I'm just lost. So. Anyway, point of the matter is, it was a good catalyst to get me to start writing books. So, I loved the art style. Uh, oh, it's beautiful. Someone, is it some, I can't remember, who is it, someone black? I have no idea, it's been so yeah, long we'll since I read them, but... I can, so, even now I can visualize them, visualize them in my mind. They were so beautiful. They are. The are fantastic. I mean, for, for composition of, of fantasy, like that actual book, how it's put together and the illustrations in it. And then the cover. And how they're the spaced covers out. The covers, the, the, the whole set. That in my mind for fantasy sets is it's on a little bit of a pedestal in my, in my mind. It's the prettiest set it's, I've ever it's seen. It's one of the prettiest sets. Not yeah. the... Well, the thing is it's one different because you've got to remember... One of the prettiest I've seen. Well, you got to remember it's also for middle grade. So yeah. it's not the same... And I, it, you know, and each each book is what seventy five to seventy eight pages, somewhere around there. Are they that small? Yeah, they really oh are that goodness. small. Cause I, cause we got home by about lunch, and I went through and I read all the books, the whole set by dinner time. And I'm not a fast reader, so. <laughs> Did you ever read the second series? No. I Ooh, didn't. those are so fun too. I've seen the pictures and the covers. But oh, I've not I enjoyed them. Okay, I don't say this often about second series because that's become a popular thing within I think the last what decade and a half really i didn't know yeah that. of second series so it's not considered oh the same you, series, do you but mean they, like dragon lance like, now they got all the kids going off doing like kind of yeah uh, i think so i haven't actually read dragon lance evan's pushing me to dragon read lance those, is but, fantastic but the um, second series i couldn't get through the first book i was like ah shoot me yeah a lot of <laughs> a lot of second series are weird are i don't i don't generally love them because um, we're attracted to the actual main characters of the first series well, it's, it it start, well it's, in the writing, it starts to feel like it's just for them to make more money off uh, of the first series that did well. They're just trying to drag it out, and it, you read it like like it is. It's it's watered down. Um, so, I actually really love the second series, though, of Spider. I actually enjoyed the second series as much as I enjoyed the first one. And I don't say that about second series hardly ever. Um, I also enjoyed the second series of uh, Percy Jackson. Those are not as good as the first series, but they were still good. Huh. I enjoyed them thoroughly. Okay. Well, that's good to know. So, so what do you like about these? Because I was going to ask Carly 
what she liked most about them, and she doesn't have the microphone anymore, so you got to fill her place. So what do you like about these books? With the with the Disney villains. Um, I haven't read these books specifically. Yeah, everyone, everyone sees Dad and Grandpa. Hi, sweetheart. Okay, so this is uh, cut two, take two. I don't know. The kids mobbed us. They've been mostly sent away. So now I'm talking to my wife to ask her. So you say you have a biased opinion. You mean of those particular books, of the Disney books? Yes, because I look at everything through the perspective of a homeschooling mother. And so, um, sorry. So I'm just biased. So how do you look at them then? I just told you. As that, a homeschooling and that, and that mother, just, but, you know, I don't know how many homeschooling mothers are going to be listening to this. So, so yeah, yeah so. so I don't know what you want my opinion then. <laughs> I want to know your view as a mom. Okay, say so you say a homeschooling mother. How about just as a mother? What's your view? I, I, first of all, I just don't think I can separate the two. So um, I like the books mostly right now because it's been that thing that has... Um, that has got one of our daughters to read more. It was just about finding something that she found that that skill would be valuable. So there is that that makes me <laughs> that look on that that look I, on her face. I appreciate Whoa. them for. Um, but having read some of them, it's an interesting. <laughs> it's an interesting. Don't apologize if it got you to read books. That's a. I think that's a good thing. Okay. That's why a lot of people bought bought the Wanted Hero comic books. For the longest time, I got. I got emails from teachers all the time and asked, well, if I buy these, the digital version, can I print them off and use them in school? And, the, and I told them the answer is yes. If this is helping you to get kids to read books, yes, go ahead. And so they would. I got quite a few emails from teachers in New York, specifically. So you, is it just, is that the only thing that you liked about the books? Or? Well, it, it, it's just because I, the part of this bias comes is I really don't, as a mother, appreciate stories that um, pose the villain as the hero or a bad guy as a hero. I have, and so I think in those books, though, um, though they are, um, they're creative and, um, and they're well-written enough uh -huh. to be interesting um, and a bit compelling, they're still... Um, they're still putting the bad guy out there as the hero of the story and they and they want you to feel bad for them and that I have a hard time with that overall as a mother and um, in teaching my children I just don't think that um, promoting um, victimization as being a uh, it's just not a worthwhile trait or something that I want my children to emulate and so um, I'm grateful that um, that she was old enough she's old enough to kind of take that for what it's worth and she's she's not um making that personal that way she is, so it's not having that effect on her um i fear that if a, somebody younger was reading it that they would have a harder time um separating between this right victim and, and the victim and villain mentality versus a true hero and just exactly in justifying things that and character traits that are not something I want um, 
I'm emulating <laughs> and promoting in our in our household or just as a way of life um, because eventually it leads to misery there's no happiness or joy that comes from that and so I don't and how I don't can, like that and how can you discuss this topic without bringing up Jane Eyre right mom <laughs> Jane Eyre, because, we, because so, we're we could soak it on a Jane Eyre kit experienced unjust life experiences she is the, the epitome of examples here. Now I'll just lay my, my head on your shoulder so the mic can get me. Here I am. Okay? Jane Eyre is the epitome of good examples of, of someone who has had life experiences, horrible, horrible things happen to them that were not warranted. She was a good person. It started in, in her innocence of childhood and she was despised. She was hated. She was abused. Um, she was, she, she, was, she was, she was labeled she was as neglected. a, as a liar when deceit was not her fault. And, and this just snowballed through her life that so many things she, she I think in a, in a lot of forms, she was a true victim oh. yet of circumstances, yeah, of, of circumstances, circumstances. she other always people. chose the high road, but she always chose the high road yeah. and her, and her character saw her through absolutely everything even when it almost took her life the despair and the hardship she faced almost took her life but not even in those moments did she succumb to the temptation of that victim mentality that somehow her life experiences would justify her reciprocating an equal wickedness so the two things that i really came away with jane jane Eyre, um it, one of the things that i really like to remember is one statement when um, Edward asks her, so what is your tale of woe? And she says, what? I don't have a tale of woe. <laughs> I don't have a tale of woe. And when you have already learned her backstory and where she's at and why she's at, for someone to, um, Say that's that just noble. A, that's so yeah. noble. And it says so much about a character to, she says, um, I've still had a, I still have so much to be grateful for that I don't have a tale of woe. And that's, that's admirable so admirable and then um oh i forgot there was one other thing that i but he but he says everybody has a tale of woe and i love that she just held to that that no, no I, have, I don't i have nothing to complain of really it was beautiful yeah. it is beautiful it is truly, it's very truly. impressive two two wrongs don't make a right so i love that uh, so that is why jane jane Eyre is my favorite it is my favorite. It is my favorite. I want to get out of that question. I actually want to figure out. <laughs> I'm going to figure out in writing my books. I'm going to figure out how to make, make a right out of two wrongs. What? So, yeah. I'm going to figure it out. You watch. I'll get it. Anyway, is there anything well, that... I, I don't know like what for, but whatever. That just said, though. Like, uh, the, the advocate for that. Just, like that's, just, that's like the just for fun... Advocate. It's it's like it's like wrong and it be right. well it's like, like having it justifies the means. Well, depends upon the situation. That's my view. To say that the ends never justify the means. Uh. Okay, so here's the thing in Jane Eyre. Let's use that example again. Um, she she may have been justified, and Edward may have been justified as well, because doesn't he deserve happiness? Doesn't he deserve a a measure of happiness? Do you see they play they play that card to make you stop and really really 
wonder well, the problem who for... the bad guy is in in the story and it, it's just it's circumstance for me the problem right off the bat is using the word deserve I know you said deserve and now it's just we are like, in this corner yeah, we all we all like, yeah, we all cringe it, it's like you, you deserve, deserve anything, shut up but... no you don't um no um, well, well, but that's not accurate either. It, the thing is that no matter what you're talking about, you still have to have the confines. For example, if someone breaks a law against me and the law states that I get restitution, I do deserve that restitution because it's part of the law. Does that make sense? So if someone comes and, uh, you know, reparations according to the law, because that is the law, you do get that as you deserve that because it's part of the law. Does that make sense? That's how I view it. But to say that someone deserves happiness, I, I don't know. No, but then someone but, deserves. But, so if we're, if, yeah, yeah, I saw the two of them. They're being pretty cute. So, but in um, in in this, when we're speaking specifically of Mr. Rochester, um, I think that they portrayed him in such a way that you are filled with pity for him. You pity him very deeply, not because he deserves happiness, but because what what he wants that would that would elicit that happiness, which he seeks, is one of the most natural and right human desires, which he was denied. Not that he deserves it, but everybody has it has a desire for it, and and are seeking it, um, and that is something that he was denied. So you feel for him deeply. You pity him. And, 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 and so it's a real tearjerker. It well, pulls at your heartstrings because of that. Because, because I think every human on some level, um, but usually a very deep le level, have, um, oh, what's the word? A need? They, they, well, no, they connect with that. Mm -hmm. They have sympathy, empathy for that desire that he had. And that desire was not a wrong one. Yet he was denied that. Wow, we've come a far away from Disney. <laughs> yeah. But then again, but then, then again, in this household with all morality. of you girls, everything goes back to Jane Eyre. That's what I've yeah. noticed our last dozen or so conversations. As, As I said, she said that she's the epitome of that good example. <laughs> okay. Okay. I like. I. Yep. We're not talking about movies, though. So. So. Okay. Uh, is there any, is there anything with these books, because we started talking about these Disney villain books, is there anything other than encouraging your daughter to read them, is there anything redeeming in them? Is there anything well, positive about Well, if you're asking me from them? a moral standpoint, I, I don't think so. Um, they're mildly entertaining, and like I said, they have the value of compelling one of my children to, um, to read a lot more and become interested and once it just seems that once my children find that one set of books that they'll read voraciously that then they start to look for something else and so I'm always on that lookout for that for that story for that point that compels them to continue to read and so so that's you, what, so that's you what know that, so you know for your mother is. for your mother it was Dragonlance she wouldn't do housework until she was done with the books okay but I was a voracious reader I've, I've been true you just was... could not I've got to know what happened and no, then we I did had, the, that was the, my exposure to it, fantasy I hadn't read fantasy before oh, that oh okay 
Because so when I brought you like the tale of the twins with Raceland and, and Caraman, man, you just, and that's my favorite. But you know what? Even I went back a couple years ago because it was being um, um, talked about and um, recommended to um, to one of our boys. And uh, so because it had been so long, gosh, probably more than 20 years since I'd read them, I went back to look at them and you know, I'm not so impressed anymore, but it, it, it had a purpose, the Dragonlance series. Well, we and all so progress and grow. It, it grow had its and... purpose back then. Um, it was a really good, for me, introduction into the fantasy, fantasy. world because that's not what I was... It's what Evan I always says. That's entry. Before. Dragonlance is the entry level. Um, yeah. Fantasy. Yeah. Tracy so. Hickman, by the way, is... Tracy that's Hick... a good one, too. What is? But those are those are really good... Oh, it's the Aragon series, yeah. Winded, but yeah, those are good In Aragon, I, it's chapter 12, and I can't remember which book is my favorite chapter of any fantasy book ever written that I've ever read. Uh, and I can't remember which book it was. But it's where he goes, and he uh, goes to the Dwarven City. And so he's, and it describes the Dwarven City and describes how they function, and I have never been able to visualize in any other book as detail i dreamed of that place from that chapter it was amazing I wish I are we still one. talking about i think it was eld was it eldrist is that one of them Eld Eldr eldest it's just eldest eldest yeah boy inheritance day. sorry listener we're gonna i'm gonna have to figure all this out and put links in or whatever but this is just an open conversation so you can turn this off anytime you want anyway <laughs> <laughs> So you say, from a moral standpoint, okay, and, and I, I'm highly likely to agree with you when it comes to the moral standpoint, but now I'm curious to see what Carly says of why she was so taken with them. So. Well, they're fairly compelling. It is interesting, and it is interesting to, um, to read a backstory and understand why a villain is a villain. What the um, turning and, point and I might think have that, been. And I think that's kind of what is compelling to her because I, I don't remember the author's name, but she's what created. What made you snap? She she has created a pretty intense um, world where all of these villains are connected in, a, in together. Wait, in these books? Yeah, she's, they're all connected. She's got them all connected, and so like they... I said, so it's it's kind of, it's pretty now compelling. I'm I just I like connections. <laughs> are they? I get half of her story in the last book or the one. You get ha so each of those books are linked together. I get a little bit more in each book for each character. Okay, for whoever's listening to this, I'm gonna I'm gonna put some links. I'll find out where you can buy these things, uh, buy the books. I'll get the titles of the books and link them. How many of them are there in the series? She, as far as I know, she's still working on some, but there's like eight or nine now, because she kind of went through the traditional villains, and then she's kind and now she's done like a Is Captain it? Hook. She's done the Beast. She's doing, but I have read Captain Hook. Like I said, I, ha I have a hard time with turning she the shrugged, villain the into, that, into something to be pitied to the degree that he becomes the hero of a story. I just, I have a hard time with that. But that, but he's, well, um, that and that's what I'm kind of curious about. You keep saying that they become the hero of the story, story. So even with these books, are they really the hero or are they just the main interest of the story? Do they, does the story portray them 
as the victim and so they are actually the hero or are they just telling the backstory because i've read a lot of backstories of different characters and different worlds and they're never portrayed as a hero they don't make a hero out of you yeah so it's like i so when you say i don't want you rooting for the hero i get that for me a hero you mean the villain the villain okay, okay. well or don't they refer to that as the anti-hero don't they refer to I that in books or in movies? So Isn't it anti-hero? Okay, so Asia and I are on the same page. Well, a good example of that is like, I root for John Wick. But John Wick's an assassin. And you're rooting for him, but he's just blowing the hell out of everyone. You know, you're trying to get in my way, I will kill you. You try to get revenge, I will kill you. And, every, and yet everyone's really, you know, emotional about it because, you know, he lost his wife and his puppy was shot. So, okay, so can I amend my statement then? Okay. I, I, they're probably not turning them into heroes, but um, but what they are doing is they're creating so much compassion and, and you know, woe. And I know, like this, the word justification you use. That, that I, I, especially in our day and time where um, everybody wants you to feel so bad for the bad guy. And I just think there's some place... You're not a place... damn victim. That's what I want to say to everybody. Okay. Here's the thing, okay. <laughs> you, you, down front. <laughs> no, so one of the, the lamentable downfalls about these books is that I think it's, it's very common in human nature when you feel enough compassion, enough pity and remorse on somebody else's behalf Sometimes it can be taken to the point where you relinquish your principles. You relinquish your values oh. for the sake of mourning somebody else's pain. Oh. And that is where it becomes wrong. So in these stories, oh, so I don't good. think they're it being made to be heroes. I agree with you. Justification I don't, I don't think they're being made into heroes. But they're giving you enough of a backstory to understand that, look, all these painful things <laughs> happen to them. They're grooming um, you. That's yet, what they're doing. They're what? grooming you words out of my mouth that's exactly what I was about to say it is a grooming process so that you feel so much compassion you lose sight of why it is still wrong for them to have turned evil despite everything that they have endured and, and honestly so it's, that's it's, what's wrong with our world right now so and isn't that what I started it's just with? not a good the, idea the lamentable yeah. the, lo- <laughs> the high, high five to my daughter <laughs> That is the lament. That is a really lamentable, very d- deeply. Tra- I think it's deeply tragic that we have that side to our human nature. That just because we, I don't, you can be brought to a place I, where you care about something so much, where you where you abandon your principles. Uh, That's okay. beautiful okay. and sad I, at the same I, time. I don't know that it's tragic. I, I think it. I think that it's great that we have the capacity. I think that it's great that we that we have the capacity for that. I don't think that it's tragic. I think that it's sick that people are realizing that there is that aspect of human nature that it is compassion, taking that compassion and then twisting it. Yes, girl down front. What? I didn't get to finish. Oh. You cut me off. <laughs> I was just going to wrap that up with that exact point, but I was going to bring I helped but make I, you. I We're just that. on that. Here, another high five. We're just, we're in sync. That's all that no, is. It was, but, but it makes me think of the, the prophets in, in the scriptures where it was, it, I mean, if you're looking for patterns it, um, to, to connect one prophet to another, um, 
I believe this can be said for every single one of the prophets listed in, in, in the, you know, in the Bible, in the Book of Mormon, that um, at some point they express that they, they mourn and they lament and they weep for, for, for the wicked, for those that are, that are having to live through the sad um, and terrible consequences of their own choices. They didn't abandon their principles and their dedication to God, that which is true and right and good and virtuous. They didn't abandon their value for these things, yet they felt that deep um, pity and, and sorrow for those who were having to stew in their own juices. So to, uh, so to speak. Yeah, I guess um, it was the last And so thing. it's sad that people, they, they're um, using that against us, using that, that human nature. Because like I said, it's a beautiful aspect, but it's also very sad that it's being twisted that way, the, that we have the capacity to love other people that much and have that much, um, no, that much sympathy. I, I, but but it, it's only good so, so long as you don't you compromise don't your own. Compromise your own. That's the nasty, filthy word that, that needs that to always, be taken and out of our... that always comes back to what you... Like. I hate that. Compromise <laughs> well, like, is the dirtiest word, the human language. Okay. I hate it. But then it always comes back to, to what you like to say, Dad, that, that it, it goes to the point where you're just, you're being nice rather than kind. That when you start compromising principle, you're not being kind. You're just being nice. It's for it's to spare someone else's feelings to make things easier on them, regardless of what what is being lost in the process. Whereas being kind is standing on principle, regardless <laughs> of the feelings involved. And that, no matter what it is, as long as it's based on truth and and, and proper principle, that will always be the kind thing to do. So says us just to the world. Just not the easiest. Oh, it's not oh, easy by any means. No. Never. All right. This is a, I'm going to cut this right here. We'll end up doing another. All right. Oh, and we have people in the park looking at us. Well, we're just a passionate bunch of people. So thank you so much for listening. Uh, we're going to do another. We're going to do another topic here <laughs> right away while we're in the throes of our you know, fictional probably, passions. We we're going to look like we're mad at you. You got the, you, you got the lapel mic on you. And so those of you that don't, that don't have a mic, but have something to say, we're all leaning into your face. It looks like we're probably being really, really aggressive. <laughs> no, true. I just want your mic, dad. Oh my goodness. Oh, so thank you for listening to life of fiction. We're good. I'm going to encourage you. Please come to life of fiction.com. Lean and give you a kiss on the cheek. <laughs> See, not okay. aggressive. Okay. <laughs> Come to lifeoffiction.com, sign up for our news, uh, weekly newsletter, and remember, you are more than you think you are. We will see you next time.